0: Welcome back to the OpenTab Podcast. My name is No. Welcome back. Welcome back. We appreciate y'all tuning in like always and like always. Um, but, you know, you seen the guy, Cam. He's back with us again today. Uh, Cam, what are we talking about today, man?
1: What's good, Mo? Appreciate everybody tuning in. We got a little sports today. We're going to move through some college football, some NFL, some NBA. Lastly, we'll probably get to Messi. You know, you know your boy Mo loves some soccer, so we'll probably get into that right there at the end.
0: Yes, sir. We got to talk about him. We got to talk about him. You know, he's in the U.S. now, but I don't want to get too heated about that just now. I got a <laughs> I I hot take on that. So where, where are we starting at today?
1: So as you know, we're five weeks into uh, college football. So I think we got about two more weeks until the college football playoff committee meets for the first time. I believe that's in week seven, maybe week mm-hmm. six. Mm-hmm. So we're starting to get close to the halfway point of the season. So dogs still sitting at number one throughout the season. So where? What have you thought about the dogs? Watching them through the first five weeks and got Kentucky coming up.
0: Uh, me personally on the dogs, I have, I have been, I have been, I've a little bit been a little bit indifferent about them. They've we've had a lot of starters out for the past four weeks, so I'm still waiting for us to get healthy. Um, but I have enjoyed our rushing defense, our passing defense, and our DBs definitely need some work um and Carson Beck definitely in this this um this past dub in um in auburn he showed me a lot he showed me that um that those three years or two years however long it really did him the right way because he's really he really performed he really showed up especially on his first start on the road in in hostile environment. it wasn't the greatest, and those turnovers weren't his fault so um so um i believe that, that 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 was just the beginning always you want you want to struggle early early in the season if if that's where the struggle has to be and, and as you get to the end of the season you progress and get better so uh definitely need to protect the ball some more because we could have had three turnovers in that game and they scored on all of the turnovers so we didn't score on those if we didn't turn the ball over then we would have been fine the game would have been a blowout we would have been won by 21
1: yeah, I definitely think ball security was a huge one against Auburn. But what I've definitely noticed as the weeks have progressed is week by week, Carson Beck looks more comfortable in the pocket.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think early on in the season, he was trying to get out of the pocket really quick. If it wasn't his first or second read, he was on the move. But lately, I feel like he's been working through his progressions and been able to slide and move up in the pocket more and more mm-hmm. comfortable week in and week out and not really mm-hmm. force things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely think our pass rushing has been very, very bad compared to the last two years. Yep, yep. Of course, it's not the defense, you know, that we had two years ago where we averaged like under a touchdown per game for our Mm defense. But we rarely get quarterback pressure. Mm -hmm. It's almost like the quarterback just leaves the pocket and then that's when we can get to the quarterback. Mm -hmm. So definitely think Mikael Williams is going to have to um, step up big time in order for our defense to be elite to where we want to be when we, especially when we move down our schedule and get to teams like Ole Miss. Mm -hmm. But before even thinking about that, we have Kentucky next week. Kentucky rushed like 250 plus yards on Florida last week. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be a game in Athens this week, but I definitely like the way this team has been progressing and getting more and more comfortable week in and week out.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep. And definitely like that pass rushing thing you were talking about. I really noticed that we don't, Every now and then, probably about twenty percent of the time, we get pass rush with four. But most of the time, when we get when we get pressure on the quarterback, we have to send an extra man, leave us in man coverage on the back end, or or some type of zone or something like that. And that's how we get burnt, and um, or that's how we achieve pressure on the quarterback. So yeah, you definitely you definitely knocked that one, you nailed that one on the head with the, with the pressure. Yeah, like you said, we we're, we're progressing week in and week out, getting more comfortable.
1: Yeah, the biggest thought I noticed against Auburn too was we were it was either over 75 or 80 percent on third down. I think it was like eight for 10 at one point in the fourth quarter, um, which is huge. Keeping our offense on the field is going to win mm-hmm. us games. Yeah. So definitely, I think that third down conversion rate was huge. That definitely showed um, leadership and poise by Carson to be able to mm-hmm. you know stay comfortable and calm in those situations to make throws. Mm-hmm. You know, as we know, Brock Bowers is the best tight end. Definitely stepped up as Dog. we needed Dog. him to. But yeah, definitely, definitely a great team win. I think I like the way we competed as well. We didn't, we didn't get out of it and fold when we were down ten after the first quarter.
0: Mm-hmm. And this just and that also shows that right there shows a lot to the coaching, coaching staff. Like, yeah, you can recruit, but can you coach? Can you? Get your can you can you be the uh, the leader or or the coach can that coach be the leader that they need and point them in the right direction and get them on the right track especially when you had what fourteen people leave from last year something like that something crazy double digit numbers and the fact that you come back and reload this year and and with all these young guys and have their and have a quarterback like this that hasn't started since he's been there three years two three years three years i think and be able to go to, uh, um, go to hostile environment and pull out a dub, no matter how ugly it was. So,
1: yeah, yeah, I agree. So moving on from the number one ranked team preseason to moving on to an unranked preseason team, we saw Colorado kind of make the top ten or the top twenty-five for a little bit. They mm. Struggled the past two game entering conference play. What have you thought about their Cinderella story to start the season until they? End I know their conference play.
0: Hey, hey, we coming. We coming. That Don't man, say the, we. Don't say we. Hey, 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 I love I am I love I am a I am a Georgia fan hard and hard, but I just love college football in general. And and I love to see stories like this, especially from the coaching's perspective. I'm a I wanna be a strength coach and just the passion that he brings to the table, as well as the player coach mentality of actually being in the shoes of all his players and bringing that to the table especially with um um especially the untypical like hollywood type of person like you expect him to not be a very good coach or not know how to deal with certain moments in facing the media or or it's not know how to carry himself in a certain type of way but he's really done that to to the best of ability and and excelled and and really doing and doing all of his players the right and really taking college college football to a whole nother level like it's crazy It's crazy but yeah but yeah uh they are coming they are definitely coming and i expect i expect like he said earlier they're eight to ten players they're what six what do you say six eight players away from being from being there and that's all on the defense line and that's all in their linebackers they have they have specialty players that can play ball um but yeah they're they're DNs and D tackles and linebackers definitely to an upgrade. And from then they can probably compete with a lot, with, with a lot, a lot of people in, in, um, in college football. Yes. It's going to take time to get that depth to where they can come and actually compete against um people like even, even compete against people in the sec because of the depth that we have here. But they are, they are, they are, they are two, maybe two years away from being, Two, three years away from being deep enough to compete for a national champion um, and, and battle tested enough to, to be able to compete for a national championship.
1: Yeah. I definitely, um, before or after their first two wins, I definitely was like, no way they get a win in conference play. I was like, maybe they get one or two more wins the rest of the season, you know, finish under five and a half total wins. On the mm-hmm. season, but after watching them compete with USC and coming back, I was like, "Who knows? Maybe they can pull off some miracle games later down their stretch and you know the Pac-12 conference play."
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I definitely think that Coach Prom is definitely reinventing football for coaches. I definitely think he's changing the game in that way, <clears throat> whether it's for good or bad, but it's changing. Mm-hmm. A lot of coaches have acknowledged that, um, mm-hmm. that he's changing the game.
0: Mhm- and he he's putting a lot of pressure on a lot of coaches too,
1: yeah, yeah, I definitely think
0: before like
1: you said, they get to the national um national championship contention i bet i bet he's up up and out of Colorado onto a bigger school by then.
0: he might not be we'll see we'll see i i yeah. i think i think he i think he likes it there i think he um i think the the coach not just the coaching staff but the but in, in in the in the in the NFL would be the GM but like the athletic director and all of them they really they really said what they were going to do when they got him there and they given him his money and all that stuff so i think i think he might be there for a while before he jumps to somewhere else
1: yeah we'll see i'm not sure how many years his contract was but you got to think he won't have either of his sons there so he's going to probably follow the money mm. and <laughs> A good program is going to offer him a lot of money, so he's going to go to the best chance he has to win a championship, mm-hmm. and who offers him the most money in that situation?
0: Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I think I think he definitely fulfills his contract play before yeah. he even attempts to to like jump ship or something like that. By that. but I, I could definitely see him maybe possibly going back to the. Well, he's definitely not going to Florida State because they disrespected him by not offering him period, and I know they probably. They they probably enjoyed that the the quarterback not not the quarterback but the um, the coach that they have there now and I guess maybe he understood that but just to not probably didn't even give him a call and be like yeah we like our coach right now we we love you but we're just not gonna do this man dude I I, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't even do that but yeah I could definitely see him going to maybe an SEC or ACC school or even uh, even a Big Ten
1: yeah I agree. Definitely, see him moving around, you know, especially with the success he's been having at two different programs. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Hey, and and y'all are gonna be crazy. He's gonna have the number one recruiting class in about two years. He will. He will. He's a player coach, and players love that type of stuff. Players co. Players love like when, when uh, ex players come back, especially someone of his talent and caliber, that can that can that can coach them, but as well as but have fun with him from the glasses that he put on to joking to having a great time in the locker room from like, from like stuff, like he said, like Travis Hunter played a hundred and some snaps his first game. He's like, man, we're going to get you right. We're going to have a hot tub on the plane. Like who coach, what coach, like what coach is like about that? Like it's, (laughs) it's just a lot of fun to see from, especially from a player that loves football played in high school and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I agree. So throughout this season, we've kind of seen, you know, the similar role story. But what about the uh, Roman Empire that has started to um had some bricks knocked off of it with Alabama? They do not look like the team they have looked like in the past years.
0: I credit that to um Nick Saban because you have Nick Saban with such a well, su- such a uh savant, and he's crazy about the game of football, and he's had all these coaches in the past ten years, and this is just this is a matter of not just coaching but but also recruiting as well. So like when you coach all these Padawans and all these and all these followers and they end up breaking off after so many years, you 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 stretch that good coaching out to all these different trees and all these different places around the country to where now all these players they don't have to go to Alabama now. They can go to Old Miss and get coached by someone who learned from you. And go to Georgia, somebody who got got coached from you. Then you got then you got all these different other coaches all around um the country that have learned from Nick Saban but they, but also put their different spin on it so yeah. therefore so therefore, your coaching the, the them, them type of recruits get split it off into all these different conferences so now you've got you've got you got to you got to compete some more and it's hard to get those 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 five star you got it's five, it's hard to get those two deep five stars at every position now. Now you actually have three stars and stuff that you actually have to work with.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think that his coaching tree has allowed college football to catch back up to him. Mm-hmm. So then you even have to think how far and how deep that coaching tree extends. Cause I'm just thinking right now about how many coaches have became head coaches just from under Kirby smart who came mm-hmm. with Nick save Mm-hmm. Dan Landing at Oregon, Sam Pittman at Arkansas. Lane Mel Kiffin. Tucker. Yeah, Mel Tucker when he was at uh, Michigan State. And then how many coaches have came under Lane Kiffin? Like just things like that and how it's all kind of catching up a little bit. I definitely mm. think has an effect on college football as a whole, catching up to their dynasty.
0: For sure. For sure. Yeah. It's um it's getting it's interesting to see. It's interesting yeah. to see to say the least. They definitely have a lot of talent there. And they can definitely play, but that quarterback play is not good at all.
1: It's not that, what their system's used to as well. They're not used to having
0: mm-hmm.
1: a running dominant quarterback. Yes, when they mm-hmm. had Jalen Hurts, he could run, but he could also sling it really, really well.
0: Mm-hmm. you don't
1: see that from Jalen Milrow. He could yeah. run heavy quarterback.
0: Yeah. He's like Terrell Pryor when he was when he was playing, like he just he you could throw a couple, but like this man just wanted to run the ball. Hmm. well moving into this weekend we also have the red river
1: rivalry texas versus oklahoma i believe it's at texas
2: mm-hmm.
1: so that's a number three versus number 11 maybe mm-hmm. number 12 but top 15 matchup so what you thinking about this weekend texas versus oklahoma
0: uh i'm getting i'm gonna go with uh this should be a very good game uh it might be a shootout I think I think um I don't know what they're covering this week. Um, but I, I feel like it's gonna be a shootout and I think I'm gonna go ahead and take Texas on this one.
1: Trying to look at the spread right here. Yeah, it's number three versus number twelve. I'm pretty sure it's game day and it's at twelve o'clock, which I hate twelve o'clock game days. So I think they're pretty I think that's stupid. Yeah, I do not see a spread. Texas minus six and a half. Okay, Hoover so they unders. are favorites. Over under sixty you know, points.
0: Sixty points. I'll take. I'll take just over. I'll take. I. Sh- I take just under. I take. I take just under. Some like. Some like thirty. Some like. Uh, thirty twenty eight. Something like that. Yeah,
1: I could see you going like that. Sixty is a lot of points. <clears throat> Four and over. Um, I'll probably go with Texas as well. Um, I'd probably take them to cover. I don't think Oklahoma has the defense to keep up with Texas offense, even if it is a shootout. Mm-hmm. I think deep Texas's secondary has stepped up a lot and improved, especially after Alabama. So I definitely think Texas pulls out that one, and they cover as well.
0: And and that whole uh, Arch Manning thing there. Um, apparently he's third string, so. Um, I don't have too much to say about that. I just say don't listen. It's not always about the last name. Got to show up. Yep.
1: So, like we said, five weeks in, what has your overall take been on this college football season throughout week five compared to maybe the last couple?
0: This might be the first time that in, in the college football playoff committee era that we might have a two to three loss team, we might have we have might have multiple two lost teams in the playoffs, depending on how this goes because everyone's not really they, no one's really found their niche, no one's really found their wh- what their identity is. people are struggling um it's uh, uh, every team is struggling in some sense, everyone's gotten a close game um so it's going to be very interesting when it comes down to the very end. That's all I have to say, and it makes it even more interesting. Nothing's really set in stone. Um, nothing's really like hardcore. Like no one's really like that's the team to beat. Everyone's like we're still in this, so it makes it even better. Makes people want. Makes people play harder. And it's gonna, yeah, like I said a couple times, it's gonna get real interesting as we get down to it.
1: Yeah, I agree. I I don't think there's anybody penciled in yet.
0: Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, this is definitely probably the first college football playoff where no one looks dominant. No mm-hmm. one looks great. Every there's been good games and there's been good play, but no one looks great. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll leave it at that. I think you know anyone in the top ten to fifteen right now has a shot still to make it in.
0: Who's your um? Who's your who's your sleeper? Like your biggest sleeper?
1: Biggest sleeper? Mm. I don't even know who my biggest sleeper would. Let me pull up the AP top twenty five
0: this week. Uh, probably my two my two biggest. I'll go first then while you get that list out. I'll say my two biggest are Michigan as well as Florida State. I'd say those two those two are my biggest ones.
1: Sleepers, so Those are those are number two and number five. Undefeated. Yeah, I
0: mean I feel like they're sleeping because no one's really paying attention to them. No one's really giving them any type of any type of like like, no one's giving them any type of flowers for how they played. They also have, not not just because of that, Michigan, they actually have a quarterback now. This quarterback has, what, this is their first actually um, recruit as a quarterback since Jim Harbaugh was there. He's always, always, like, had transfer portals or veterans or stuff like that. Uh, so this is the first time they've actually had a quarterback that's been there for, for multiple years that they've actually recruited. So that's what I like, and they and they actually have people coming back, three-year starters from last year, come back on that defense, or excuse me, two-year starters, I believe. And they are, and Florida State, I like both of their receivers, that they, they have some really really big receivers, and I like that quarter, and I like the quarterback. He's been there for multiple different multiple years. He's endured the pain of going through multiple different head coaches, as well as being basically bullied. He's had no offensive line for a lot of his career in college football. Um, he's, and he's really, and I I feel like he's an underrated quarterback as well. So the, that's why I picked him as my two sleepers. Um, not really sleepers, seeing as they're in the top five, but just people that you should look out for that don't need to go under underrated.
1: Yeah, I would probably say on my end, whoever wins the Duke-UNC game. Mm-hmm. I know, I know. We have Florida State. I know we have Notre Dame in the ACC, but I think those two teams play tough, and I think yep. North Carolina could really pull out of the ACC and win it. Um, Florida State has a lot of flaws. I think they're beat- beatable, just like any team in the country. Clemson showed that. So, you know, Clemson has a scholarship kicker, and they win that game. Doesn't go to OT.
0: So Yeah, if they don't do a lot of stuff in that game, that, that game was one of the worst endings I've ever seen from Clemson. I got me sick trying to watch the end of the game. I like watching football, and 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 that end of that game, Clemson did not do it right. Yeah, they have a young quarterback. He didn't he didn't know a little bit of what to do. They let the clock drain out. Didn't even spike the ball to take a shot at the end zone, and then on fourth and one, fourth no third and one, they decided so a bubble screen on the outside. Now it goes to fourth and two. And then he decides he wants to go, I think, a slant or a corner, if I remember, something like that, instead of run the ball. So two plays back-to-back, just poor execution on them at the last two plays. Yep. Dabo was yelling from the sideline, talking about one yard. Yeah, so.
1: Yeah, so a very interesting college football season so far. Excited for, you know, the next What seven weeks that we got moving into the playoffs and the championship games? So
0: we'll see what the ranking we'll see what the rankings this will be interesting.
1: Yeah,
0: moving into the NFL now.
1: Um, as everyone's heard, we know the news with Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. Um, almost beat the Chiefs last night. Zach Wilson probably had a career game last night. Even though he did kind of cost it at the end with a fumble. However, he did bring them back from down seventeen oh in the first quarter. So what have you thought about, you know, the Jets situation with Zach Wilson? Even though he had a good game, should they stick with him? Should they give up on him?
0: I mean right now, like he's been in that system. You have to you have to um you have to tailor make this system no matter how hard you knew that you were gonna get Aaron Rodgers. No matter how how much you have pushed the play calling, the play, uh, not play calling, but how much have you tailor made the offense for Aaron Rodgers, really? And not even in anticipation that he was going to get hurt, you have to go into this now and re-tailor make this offense for him personally. For you can't force him to do anything outside of his character, outside of what he wants to do. Yes, there's there's certain type of elevations and certain type of um different things you have to change when you get to the NFL level. But uh, so many of these, so many of these um, quarterbacks, uh, quarterback coaches and offense coordinators, they want to force them to become more and force them outside of their comfort zone and stuff like that. And that's just not how you get the best out of your players. Yes, they're going to have to elevate their game and know how to, if they like throwing outside, they don't have to throw it on the middle. If they – like to those short intermediate routes they have to get that arm strength to throw over the top. Yeah, those those things are good. But when it comes to winning and initially you have to tailor make the offense for them if you're gonna win games. And um like for like Patrick Mahomes. Like that that's why that that's why those two that's why his head coach and him, they they they're perfectly aligned because he he allows him to play, he allows him to play freely and he and he tailor made the offense just for him. And So I feel like um, um, you know, over in the Jets, they need to do that if they're going to win games. And I, I think they should give him a shot. I think they should give him a shot because um, what other choice do they have? If you bring in some other somebody, somebody else, like they're still going to have to learn the offense, and that doesn't mean they're going to be better than him.
1: Yeah, I agree. I definitely think you let him ride for a little bit. Um, it's probably your best shot to win right now. And he's a young quarterback. And, you know, speaking of young quarterbacks, we've seen some young quarterbacks really explode and take off this season. We had Tua and the Dolphins put up 70 points. I think not this past game because they lost to the Bills, but the game before put up 70 at home. We saw CJ Stroud explode for over like 250, might've been over 300 passing yards. Mm-hmm. He really started to find a click in that system. But then we've also seen some younger quarterbacks struggle. Mac Jones was kind of on the chopping block with the Patriots until their win last week. And ever since Joe Burrow's gotten paid, and he has looked bad. Not to say him specifically, but their offense just can't get it. His own mm-hmm. line cannot block for him. Mm-hmm. Lamar Chase is frustrated. We saw that with his post-game interview. So what have you thought about some of these young quarterbacks that are thriving as well as some that you know have kind of taken a hit
0: I would say that i would say when the when the conditions are perfect, that's when you get the best out of all these quarterbacks. Um, for example, Dak Prescott wasn't young too wasn't wasn't a rookie too long ago and he had the number one offensive line and blew us out of the water with all these and Dallas made the playoffs and this, that and the other and and Zeke had Zeke was going for the rushing record at some point in the season. Um uh, some point in that season. At some point in their early early years of the NFL, and for me personally, like it's not really like uh, when it comes to this one year they're doing fantastic. Like Tua is is really is really taking advantage of all of what he's got around him, and so is Mac Jones is is. I mean, he doesn't have too much to have. He doesn't have too much around him in the first place. Like I can't blame him for that. And when it comes to Jalen Hurts, he's Taking advantage of what he's been given, he's got two All Pros on the starting line with Lane Johnson and Kelsey. Um, he's got he's got Devontae. He's got uh, multiple different receivers, so he's really taking advantage of that. But Mac Jones doesn't have too much to really live for at this point. Like, um, he just has to do his best to hopefully come out and definitely just I would say just don't turn the ball over, really, and and keep putting your head down and keep grinding. And C.J. Stroud, he's come out to a hot start. I think this is the first time. I think he has the longest passing uh, attempts or completions. Excuse me, as many completions. I think he has 150 completions as a rookie without or without an interception. And I think that is number one. That is the record so far. So, yeah, some of these quarterbacks are doing very well. And, and I'll definitely tip my hat to C.J. Stroud as well as Tua for taking advantage of and as well as Jay and Hurts for taking advantage of what they've gotten. But like I said, whenever when when all these go when all these people go away, um it in in Philadelphia and in Miami, when you don't have when you don't have track speed on the outside, and you don't have the bet and when you don't have uh, Raheem Mostert in the backfield, track speed, and you don't have AJ Brown and Devontae. When you don't have those people, when you don't have Lane Johnson and Kelsey, that's when we will actually know what type of quarterback, what type of leader you are from um down the road. So that's that's what's really gonna make the difference, long longevity in this in this uh in in the NFL, in their NFL career. Yeah.
1: You had me intrigued by C J stats. Um, through their first four games, three hundred six yards, two eighty, three eighty four, and two forty two through four weeks as a total of twelve hundred twelve yards with a qb rating of 100.6 yeah so you know he's putting up numbers that's for sure
0: you mm-hmm. just Six think about touchdowns. that in, Texas, in, te- in the yeah. texans what they got out there in the texans i can't even tell you who they got on their roster right now but he's yep. he, he's playing good yep yep yeah he is
1: um, ninety-four completions for a hundred fifty-one attempts. So it might have been the attempts you were talking about.
0: Yeah, I guess attempts. Attempts without a, without an interception. Yep. So definitely,
1: think some of these young quarterbacks have definitely been, you know, balling. You know, with with the circumstances they have. Um. But we've also seen a slip in a dynasty, just like we have Alabama in the college world. We have seen a very poor struggling Chiefs team that has sneaked some wins out. Mm. Um we do know they lost week one to the Lions, a program that's really turned themselves around, reinvented themselves mm. with Dan Campbell
0: heading yeah, to
1: Yeah. But we have seen the Chiefs, you know, start to mm. slip and are they mm. still the dynasty of the NFL? Are they still the favorites to win the championship mm. after the recent struggles we've kind of seen with them? I mean last night versus the Jets they were up, I believe it was seventeen zero in the first quarter. First mm-hmm. quarter, only scored two field goals. The rest of the game, it was tied up twenty to twenty, sometime in the fourth quarter last night. So, what do you think about the Chiefs? Are they still the favorite to win the Super
0: Bowl? I say as long as they got that, as long as they got that man in the backfield, Patrick Mahomes, I feel like they should be the favorite. Um, they struggled earlier last year, and they came in and they turned it around, and I feel like. No matter what Patrick Mahomes is going to give us, give us uh, like who he is. That first week, um, drop balls like crazy, and and they ne- they just need the players around him to show up with just a little bit more. Like he can, he's going to deliver to him. Like 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 that one, like those two balls um, that week one, he just dropped them, and they would have won that game, I believe. And um, I feel they should be the favorite. They have no reason not to be the favorite. They have that man, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, best quarterback in the league by my metrics, and um, and yeah, he's gonna deliver. He's gonna deliver. He just needs to recognize that he doesn't have the team like he had in the past, to where he can just run it up all day long, and he can take, he can take these outlandish shots, and and they're gonna they're gonna execute like they like like Tyreek used to do. He's he's got to know his players a little bit more and 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 protect the ball just a little bit more because i know he threw a really bad lob to travis kelsey over the middle for the interception last um this past week and um and yeah you can't do that you gotta you gotta know your players a little bit more and know who you have you gotta know your personnel
1: yeah i definitely think his receivers have let him down he's definitely working with a new core but I mean, some of the drops they've had have been atrocious, especially Kadarius's Kadarius Tony's.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like
1: that one, I remember seeing that one tweet where he got hit. The ball hit him like in both hands,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: it was a pick, and it was just wild.
0: Yeah, it went so, right through his hands into the back, and then they and then he took knees after that play, and that was the game.
1: Yeah. So, again, you brought up Dak earlier. Um, Cowboys have looked great on the defensive end of the ball. I mean, I think they have the most turnover um, turnover margin in the league. It's either turnover margin or the most takeaways in the league. So do you think this is the season that the Cowboys offense can finally get the Dallas Cowboys over that hump?
0: Um, I love who they have in their offense. CeeDee Lamb, Tony Pollard, um, Michael Gallup. I went to school with him in high school. Um, and they got the pieces there. They, he's just got to execute. You just got to execute, and they' and everybody on that offense is under is underwhelming and underperforming like crazy. You need y'all need to step up. Like, what are y'all doing? Y'all have so much talent on that team. It's not even funny. Who knows? They just need to get right, really. Like, and on the defensive, what on the defensive side, keep doing your thing. Keep doing your thing. That's all I have to say about that one. But until they show me. I will not I will not care about the regular <coughs> regular seasons for re- regular seasons is just for show. You gotta show me some in the playoffs and they haven't done nothing. I, I, as the as the record shows, they haven't done nothing in the playoffs.
1: Yeah. So interesting NFL season so far. Excited so to watch the rest, see where that takes us. So moving on, we've had some big news in the NBA this season, especially recently, past couple days. Um I believe it was yesterday we had uh yesterday or 2 days ago we had Dame Dalla traded over to the Bucks and then earlier today maybe yesterday the Celtics acquired Drew Holiday from a trade as well. So what do you think about that Bucks trade and um as well as the Celtics and how the east is starting to shape up now?
0: Um uh starting with the Bucks trade I really I really enjoy it um i like i like how both sides handle it uh from the bug side they didn't allow Giannis to come in and tell him about the trade because of his um his relationship with drew holiday and they didn't want him to have that on his conscience as well as interrupt the trade because this is massive this is massive for them to get some a player of dame the sniper the people that most people hold behind in the top three of point guards to come over from, from Portland. And, um, they both really benefited from this. And so I really, I, I, I tip my hat both of those, both of those organizations. Sometimes GMs can be crazy these days and pull off try to pull off hypes They have no business for IE the Utah jazz with Rudy Gobert, one of the worst trades I've ever seen in my whole life. And that makes me sick. But, um, but they did they did it right they did it right and they didn't lose too much they both benefited at the end of the day uh in that bucks trade um and i think i think they're gonna be right there at the end like this trade right here i don't realize like dame dame is a sniper and they needed that and with with brooke lopez is gonna have a break another breakout year this year he's already a fantastic player uh middleton can now actually have somebody at the top of the at the top of the key to pass the ball to, just in case he didn't feel like taking dumb shit, and then, uh, you got Giannis who's gonna that pick and roll is gonna be absolutely crazy. And out for that, if 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 Giannis gets a gets a pass over the top, he's a pa- he can pass. So therefore, people like Brooke Lopez with a dunk on the backside block or with a shot and passing mil and if Milton can can catch and shoot, it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be crazy. So they just need to stay healthy, and and that, that's a big lineup too. That's a big lineup. So I definitely for that first one, I'll say I'll say yes, I'll say yes. That's going to be fantastic. What do you think about that um, that first that first Dame doll to, to the Bucks? What do you think about that first one?
1: Yeah, I definitely think it could be a super effective offense. Um, we'll see how it holds up on the defensive end, but if anyone's really analyzed and watched how the Warriors play ball, you kind of see how they play that triangle offense. They'll play that triangle offense with their healthy healthy lineup of clay, Dame, and Steph. And they really run a lot of motion out of that triangle, whether it's pick, screen away, pick and roll. um, There's a lot you can do out of that triangle. And I think if the Bucks effectively utilize that between Lillard, Milton, and Giannis, they could be a super dangerous team.
2: Because
1: mm-hmm. I think... You know, you upgrade. It's almost like you you take away a little bit of the shooting, which Dame's right there with Steph. But then you have Giannis, who is a huge upgrade to Draymond. So I definitely think that if they really utilize those three offensively to the best of their ability, getting them open, not making them stay on ball the time, not playing selfish, then I definitely think that offense can be one of the most um, high scoring offenses in the league, right there with.
0: You know the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Most definitely, you're 100% all right that. And this goes this this now this now shifts the pressure from the GM to the coach because now the coach has to has to go back and watch film on Dame and actually and talk to him and understand him and understand how to use him and get the most out of him.
1: Yeah, there's coaches who Mike Buden Holzer
0: Yeah. Budenholz? Like no, no, they got rid of Budenholzer last year. They got, they did got, they? They, I think so. They didn't, they didn't. Uh, let's see. We're, we're talking, about, let's see. A- Andy Griffin, A- A- no, excuse me, not Andy Griffin. What the A- Adrian Griffin? Yeah, Adrian Griffin. Uh, they just hired him this year. I just, I just he I think was I
1: just Portland's assistant coach.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Something like that. His
1: son is AJ Griffin for the Hawks. Uh-huh.
0: He's got, they got, they got to learn how to use him uh they got to learn how to use the game. they got to go back and and talk to him and figure out what he wants and use him you only you only just be like just go and play they need to go they need to go and and be able to they need to go be able to figure out how to use him properly and get everything that you need out of it
1: yeah nope well my Celtics, man, man, they got a they got a point guard. I think they gotta upgrade at the point guard spot from Marcus Smart. Um I definitely think Drew Holiday's more of a offensive threat than Marcus was. Um I definitely see him thriving in our system. We also got rid of Robert Williams, and that kind of cleared the room for Porzingis. So I definitely think we had some upgrades there. I definitely think Porzingis brings an offensive side to us. Not necessarily that we needed, but it gives us a pink presence on the offensive end, which I don't think Market or Al Horford provided at all for us. Uh, looking back at stats, Al Horford shot like three threes a game, had like two point something rebounds, which is just atrocious to play center. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think we got to upgrade there. I think Drew will bring a defensive mindset that we really need, especially for some guys like Jalen Brown, mm-hmm. who sometimes slack on defense, um, JT as well. So I definitely think the Celtics, um, Bucks, and Sixers, who who knows what the Sixers will do, but I definitely think it will be a very competitive Eastern Conference again this year. Mm-hmm.
0: And and I I yeah I like I like I mean I like that y'all got that that um I like that y'all got Drew Holiday, but I will say like I think we were talking before is that Drew Holiday is just an upgrade of um what's his name, Marcus Smart, and uh, if you can't use it's like for me personally if you can't use the regular version why upgrade and get the better version to me it to me in my in my personal opinion but I can definitely see that it's a major jump. But I feel like Drew Holiday is not just this this past first point guard. He's not just he's just not the typical point guard. He should be he should be a legitimate first option off the bench. Or uh that's why I think he should be. That's why I think he should be. He should be a legitimate third option off the bench. Or if he's starting, then he should be in that type of um, Chris Milton type role, kind of on the block, being able to take shots when he when he feels like. Because once Drew Holiday gets in rhythm, he's tough to stop, and he's not going to give you nothing on the defensive end, easy. And the definitely Boston's upgraded because he's taller and, and bigger than Marcus Smart. Um, they can switch all three now. No, no problem with that. But I will say that they need to figure out how to use this version now. Of this upgraded version of Marcus Mark properly or else it's just not going to work very well. It's just yeah. not going to work.
1: I definitely think he'll give us a offensive presence when JB and JT go cold. I think that's what really hurt us down the stretch in the playoffs is when those two got cold, our offense was almost at a standstill. Mm-hmm. So I definitely mm-hmm. think that will be vital to us moving down the road in the playoffs, especially mm-hmm. Um, looking at the kind of the FIBA cup that happened recently. What did you think about uh? it was a Trey Lyles and he said that the, just cause you're the NBA champs does not mean you are the world champs. What are mm-hmm. what are your take on that?
0: I will say that he's a hundred percent correct. Um, he's, he, he, hit, he's, he hit the nail on the head and he, um, and, and seeing the NBA's in the American conference. He really upset a lot of, excuse me, uh, a conference that is in the United States, just to be proper about it a little bit. uh. He really hit the nail on the head because a lot of people he little uh, upset a lot of people because that's what it's that's what it is. Yes, the NBA. He's not saying the NBA is not where the best players are. The best players are in the NBA, one hundred percent, no doubt. But you can't say you're you can't say you're world champions if you haven't gone and played none of these people in the other countries. Yes, you'll probably run through them, no doubt. But just to show up and play them and show them what it's all about, it that's what it should be and i'm a big soccer fan and just because people win the premier league doesn't mean the premier league is where all the best players go per se Per and just because you go win that league doesn't mean they call themselves world champions or just because you and that's where the best players are just because you don't you win the german league or the french league doesn't or the bundesliga excuse me or the french league it doesn't mean you're the best player like you, know, you can just put a name on something and say you're the world champion. Like, you need to go and compete at the FIBA level and at the World Cup to be named those type of that. You need to have that title every four years. Or you need to go about your way of going to these other countries more than, in between those four years and actually playing them in their tournaments. And and because and cause as you see, the USA got it. If the best players were here, if which they are, they should they could have they should have been at that FIBA World Cup. And they should have shown them what's what's up, but we haven't won one in a while, so we can't really talk right now.
1: Yeah, I don't really have too strong of an opinion on this, but I definitely think this um comment as well as Germany winning the World Cup or the FIBA Cup this year, um, will definitely be a push to where we see something like the 2008 2012 team kind of reemerged this year. Mm-hmm. I think this next upcoming um, Olympics will see all the stars wanting to mm-hmm. play together.
0: Mhm. And I and personally I don't feel like you should you should you shouldn't have to have someone call you out for you to show up personally. And I and and we and I and I like that we hold the NBA to a certain status level of where this is the best league, these are the best players. But we need to hold the world like the world needs to be be put on notice about what we have here. We don't need to discount the FIBA WIBA World Cup or or the or or the Summer Olympics, excuse me. Uh we need to show up at every tournament with our best players and put on a show every time. And 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 not just doing the NBA playoffs. Yes, it is a lot of basketball to put on your body, a lot of miles. Um but but people need to take pride in showing up to these two, to these different tournaments in different parts of the world and showing them what's up. Not just because the next Olympics is in the United States or we're coming up on an Olympics here in the soon. We need to take pride in in showing people what we have here and and not just claim it on a on a trophy at the end of the year when we don't play anybody else in the world.
2: Yep, hit it on the head. time you've
1: been waiting for this whole podcast you can go ahead and take us out on your messy rants, because i don't know nothing about soccer so uh,
0: Boys first i want to say uh, i i want to shout out to Messi. uh we appreciate i appreciate you coming over here and showing us what it's all about um really so
1: is this a, is this about to be a uh he didn't play in atlanta
0: no he did not play in atlanta and i was about to buy tickets so i'm glad i didn't buy tickets um, it's not about it's not about to be. It's not, we're not about to talk bad about Messi. He's 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 the undisputed goat. Uh, I just heard they just put him. Uh, they just named a word in the Spanish dictionary about him. Like, but there's been a lot of talk about him. We're going to couple hit a couple of nails on the head here real quick. First, I've seen so many videos about about people. People will literally go on the street and ask about. Well, before he we got here, they went on the streets. I saw multiple different things where they. Where they went to people that lived in the United States and they asked, uh, "What do you think about Messi?" and they had no idea who he was, and that just shows a level of ignorance that we have here in the United States that we don't know who won the best players of all time is soccer. Soccer won the best, one a worldwide sporters, and that just really, that really upset me. I, I, well,
1: I, I got, I got a story about that though,
0: because
1: I roomed with someone from Australia this summer. Mm-hmm. And they don't know no football players, yeah, like no n f l guys so it's just it's just a culture thing, I think as well, like soccer is nowhere near what it is in America. It's just Europe yeah. just as we don't know nothing about rugby here in America, but that's like their glory to God, American football over mm-hmm. there,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: and I feel like it go it goes both ways, it definitely goes both ways when you come over to the United States, indulge yourself in the culture. Of the football and all that other stuff, and being able to know worldwide, but it definitely shows a little. It shows our, it shows our ass a little bit that we don't know about this worldwide sport. That 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 even people like Christian Pulisic, one of the best, um, one of the best soccer soccer players on Team USA, he went over. He played in the Bundesliga, and then he's now in the European League. He didn't play here in the MLS, so it just it just shows it just shows a little bit of our ass a little bit here in the United States that we don't know who one of the greatest players of all time is. If you don't know nothing about him, the fact that you that, that you haven't even heard of him, it's just it just it upset me a little bit. But nonetheless, he's here and he's playing and he, and he's showing us what's up and he's he's been he's been he's been racking up goals. He got hurt a couple of weeks ago. And so that's fan, that I love it here and I'm and I hope I get to see him here soon in person cuz that is really that's really that's really a treat um next we have um outside of the tiktoks we've had people try to try to say that taylor swift is bigger than messi and all and and that is absolute blasphemy i will tell you that right now like messi if you say that taylor swift is bigger than messi i'm sorry there's a certain limit li- i'm sorry but there is a certain limit of or there's certain level of ignorance in 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 that statement right there. Messi, Messi had literally almost a quarter of his country come out. I think five million people come out because he won the World Cup, and literally they shut down the capital, like everything. I don't even know how crazy it was over there. I can't even imagine that. But but stuff right there. You have a a word in the dictionary named after you. You're getting ready to get the a Ballon d'Or one of the best soccer players in the in the the best naming you the best soccer player of the year this this month and like and and so taylor swift has has nothing on messy just go ahead and put that out there
1: yeah i'm not gonna go down this road since we're about to wrap it up but i am tired of the nfl broadcasting taylor swift so freaking much at every chiefs game but we ain't gonna go down that road
0: yeah, we we're not gonna we're not gonna go that road because that's another that's another L. I'm just trying to watch football, and yeah. and there was another thing that it's like like, after the
1: t- every touchdown and like Travis Kelsey didn't even score, it's like whoa. yeah,
0: yeah, and literally like the like the prices of tickets have 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 like doubled because she's gonna be there or something, not double something like doubled or or yeah, it was like whatever. 200%. It, yeah, like something went up because she's gonna be there, like like you really gonna punish the. The football fan for coming to a football for a football game just because Taylor Swift is there. Come on now.
1: Yeah, they did a whole pregame show explaining also to Swifties what football is like,
0: and I was like, "Oh my god, dude. this is it's ridiculous! It is absolutely yeah. ridiculous." But lastly, before we get out of here, if y'all don't know about Lionel Messi, go look up some highlights. I promise you, anybody that knows, that loves sports and loves um, craftiness. Sh- a magician, anything. I, even if you don't love soccer, like just go look up you Have a messy highlight, and I promise you, you're gonna be simply amazed by what he does with the with this with the the football in his in, on his legs. He just he's just crazy. So so yeah, that's all I have to say about Messi. We're running a little bit along here, but uh, I'll let I'll let um I'll let Cam send us out on this one.
1: Yes, sir. Well, this is the Open time Podcast. We appreciate you tuning in especially if you made it this far all the way to the end make sure you follow us at the dot open tab on instagram as well make sure you like uh also subscribe on youtube but uh, we appreciate y'all sticking around staying loyal but this is the open tab podcast and thank you
0: yes sir we'll see you later